0: Welcome to Facing Fear with Sarah. My name is Sarah McInerney Hawk. I am your host. I went from 30 flirty and thriving to 30 flirty and surviving. I was diagnosed with breast cancer at age 30, and prior to that, I had faced a lot of fears in life, which led me to creating this podcast in 2019. Fast forward, here we are many years later, and I've interviewed over 100 different guests with many stories of how they face fear while remaining unapologetically authentic. That is what we are here to do, encourage you to live your life unapologetically and authentically. The Facing Fear world recently got a little bit bigger because a new part of it is in the world, and that's my book, my very first book. It's called Does Carcinoma Mean Cancer? It covers the four days between being tested for cancer and finding out that I had it and the funny things that happened in between. Well, you know, funny, happy, sad, etc. It can be found anywhere on Amazon, and it's a graphic memoir, which means it is 70% art, 30% text, and it's 74 pages long. So it's something you could read and one sitting, revisit multiple times because the art has a lot of dual meanings. And I'm so proud of it. Go check it out on Amazon or facingfearwithsarah.com backslash book. All right, let's get into this week's episode. Hey, you made it over here to part two. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, you can listen to part one. I am releasing two episodes per week for my Facing Fear Buying Property series. So this is part two, so if you're finding your way here first, there's another episode for you this week. Go check it out, but while you're here, let's get into our second guest. Our second guest is Kyle Crawford, which if the name Crawford sounds familiar... It's because his mom was a previous guest on the show. So the Crawford family, you know, just up to a lot of badass things. Don Crawford was on the show, I think, back in season two. One of the most listened to episodes of all time. So no pressure, Kyle, but um, just saying, your mom crushed it. So if you guys want to go listen to that episode, I will link it in the show notes. It's actually one of the shorter ones, too, so... Really, really awesome story from Dawn. But anywho, back to Kyle, the star of today's show. Kyle is actually my younger sister, Cindy's fiance. So he's been a part of our family for many years now. And Kyle is doing something really unique. So he lives in Los Angeles, California, but was really interested in investing and starting to make that passive income dream come to life. So he and a friend actually invested in a property in Indiana, So Kyle's interview is such a great way to cap this thing off because there's so many different ways to go about starting to invest or create that passive income or buy a property or a home, whatever you're looking to do, there is no cookie cutter situation. Okay, so one more note before we get into Kyle's interview. I had to do this interview over Zoom Literally throwing rock distance, is that a phrase? Like I could throw a rock and it would hit it, distance from a highway. So for the first three and a half weeks of buying our newly purchased home, we did not have any internet. And so where I was this day, I think I had to like do something for work offsite and then maybe coach at one of our gyms, but anywho, I picked a Starbucks that was literally right next to a highway. And I couldn't do it inside because I didn't want to be rude to the other people. And also, their music is very loud. So I did it outside on the patio. So a little bit of this is going to sound slightly, you know, just like semi-horns and cars racing by, but I promise it's all good. You can still hear me, but you know what? This just adds to the whole aesthetic, the whole vibe that home ownership isn't this sexy, easy, wonderful thing. There are a lot of struggles. So that was my struggle. Thanks for being, you know, empathetic, sympathetic. I appreciate it.
1: I'm happy to be here. What what season are you on, Sarah?
0: Well, I haven't decided if I'm going to continue with the whole season thing because the reason why I did it was to give myself a designated break by saying, oh, the season is over. But it is kind of a nice organizational way to group it. So if I do keep going with it, it will be six.
1: Six. Wow. Dang, that's so impressive. Good for you. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. And over 60 episodes, which... Actually, now that we're talking about this, like, I'm excited to have you here because you are one of my main inspirations for starting one because I watched you do it.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I feel like I remember telling you which mic to get.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Yeah, so uh, my name is Kyle Crawford. I am your sister Cindy's fiancee. As of recently, how else am I supposed to introduce myself?
0: Um, Tell us something about you that can kind of paint more of a picture. Where are you located? What do you do? What excites you?
1: Yeah, so I am located in Los Angeles, California. I work for Budweiser. I do like sales analytics, sales intelligence type stuff. So I've been doing that for a few years. I've been living here in California for about a year and a half now. Um, I'm a big golfer I'm a big surfer I just love to be outside hang out with my friends party you know how it is so and
0: Kyle is also connected to this show because his mom was a guest her name was Dawn Crawford she was way back in season two I believe but I will definitely link her episode in the notes below so we're just expanding the family maybe right. Keith will have something interesting to say one day maybe not <laughs> maybe maybe all right so I invited Kyle on not because he's my sister's fiance which is fabulous but because I put a little note out there saying hey I'm looking for different stories on buying property buying a home and in your case it's actually just buying land and you're actually buying it in a different state than you live in which I think I'm really excited to hear about your experience because there's so many different ways to do it, it does not have to be the traditional you know, home, all of that stuff. So let's go back to the beginning though. So tell me about the moment that you decided to do something with this chunk of money that you had, because you got to have that to start. So go back to that phase.
1: I mean, with the pandemic, I feel like everybody just took like a, a second to breathe, which is exactly what I did, too. It was just like all of a sudden it was the first time you had an excuse not to do anything. Um, So I think for for me, I definitely took like and we had just moved to California. So I took you know, six months, and I feel like I just didn't do anything. Like I just maintained my job and lived with Cindy, and <laughs> and that was like literally it. And I'm and I'm usually the kind of person that has like a couple side projects going at once. So that was definitely like an interesting spot for me to be in. Six months of that, like I definitely became super restless, and um, I did have a little bit of money saved. At that point, I was just sitting in the savings account, which was doing nothing to, to grow it. Um, so as long as I could afford to pay my rent, I was like, there's no reason that this should just be in a savings account. I should be trying to you know, get a better investment here. So I ended up taking half of it and investing it into a company that I was trying to start and then the other half into a real estate property in Indiana.
0: That's awesome. And that's something else that I feel like I was taught growing up is save, save, put it in a savings account. And- A saving is great, you should have an emergency savings. That's what you should have. What you should do with the rest of the excess money is do something with it, invest. But I feel like that's a misconception that I'd also like to break in this, is that I was taught to just let it sit around. And you will not make ends meet if you just leave your money in savings. So that's really cool you decided to activate it, put it to work for you, right?
1: Yeah, and not only that, you have like if you work, I mean, I work for a corporate company, so like I have a 401k, just as good as a savings account, if not. like pretty much the same thing so I heard this random quote from like Mark Cuban at one point and he was like you know you should always be taking 10% of your income and doing like something risky with it like giving something a try because it's like I just call it like kind of my play money because yeah you get what, like 0.5% return on a savings account. It's just a waste yeah, of time. And
0: then, you know, if you're with Chase Bank, it's 0.3 cents every like yeah, six months or something ridiculous. There's no return.
1: $1 like dividend or something yeah, at the yeah. end of the Ooh. year. It's
0: great. <laughs> we went one half into a startup company that you're working on. The other half, you said, what did you call it? Into a property or a piece of land?
1: Property. It's a two bedroom house in Indiana.
0: Okay. So it has a structure on it and everything.
1: It's got tenants in it too.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Like we're they're paying rent and all of that, so.
0: How did you find it? You're you're in California. It's in Indiana, right? Yep. Okay. Take us to those points of how did you decide to do this rather than like start throwing down for a condo in LA or.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was no way I was gonna buy something in California. Uh, that was never even like on the radar whatsoever. Um, So I actually did this with a partner um, who lives in Indiana, George. So he actually already has two properties of his own. So he had a little experience in this area. He and I had been talking about doing something for a while. So I was like, he'd be a great partner. And I definitely wanted someone that could represent like my investment to be sitting in the location of the investment. But I knew that I also wanted to like somehow passively invest in this too. So it was like a perfect match. He was my college roommate, so I have trust him like with everything, and um, you know we have a nice even split on it. Good partnership. The strategy that we're trying to do is called like B R R R, like a Burr method. I rent, rehab, refinance, repeat, or something like that. Um, but it's essentially, like you just buy a place in all cash, then you rehab it, uh, upgrade it a little bit, and then you go to the bank and you get a refinance on it, and you take out all of the money that you originally put in pay back your original investor, and then just repeat it. I've started to learn that a lot of real estate is just like creative financing with banks. We knew the range that we were looking in. We knew we were looking for like a one bedroom. We knew Northwest Indiana was kind of popping. Like, And this was before the real estate market got even crazy. We just started like looking on Zillow. We started uh, working with a couple of wholesalers. We started just reaching out to like any contacts that we could find eventually we found this like random property on Zillow, said it was for sale, but had been up there for like 70 days and only had one picture on it. So it like looked weird and kind of sketchy. So then we went on Google maps, we went on the street view, you could see the number of the for sale sign, called them and ended up being like the property management group pointing us eventually in the direction of the actual owner of the property. Uh, who was kind of like this older guy looking to retire. I, I originally was the one calling him, trying to set up a meeting or just talk to him about this property. Every time I called him, hey, hello, like, I'm Kyle Crawford. you know, I represent 219 Real Estate and he would hang up like every time.
0: Ooh, 219 Real Estate, love it.
1: Kept like hanging up on me because I think he I just sounded like a salesman. Then George got in contact with them, was able to to secure a meeting. We had dinner with them a couple times. Just made like an all cash offer on his on his property. I, the the one thing I forgot to mention is that we actually worked with a private lender to get like all of this money in cash first. So I had a little bit of money that I added into this, but the majority of the actual property purchase was through a loan. So. You actually don't even need capital to do this in the first place. Like you could just get a loan from someone and then pay them back through this financing.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so many stereotypes I feel like being broken here. One, remind me, you're 27? 26. 26. Okay. 26. And I'm sure before you and Cindy moved to LA in 2019, how many times did you hear, oh, it's going to be so expensive. You guys will never own anything um blah 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 blah.
1: specifically from your sister (laughs) i I told cindy last night i said sam was literally the one that said you can't own anything if you live in california and i was like yeah i'll show you i'll show you boom
0: so thanks sam for the inspiration (laughs) oh sam we love her to death but she's got those quick-witted comments that are just straight to the gut right um so one your your age and i'm calling out your age compared to everybody else who i have not asked about their age because I feel like the, you know, response or idea is that uh, just pour money more into your 401k or just play it safe. And I love that you're doing something, like you said, creative financing, something different. And I think it's really cool, too, that, you know, I feel like in the way that Jacob and I do a lot of activities separately, you weren't like, Cindy, we have to do this. You found a partner elsewhere that you said you trust. You guys have this 50-50 split that's going on. She can still be a part of it eventually or whatever. And now you guys are going to be family in the future. So she will be, but I love that you guys did that as well. And then the whole BRRR thing, I might have to like um, transcribe that part of the interview so I can spell that out for everybody. But there's a different way to do something. And then finally you saying you don't have to have the full $200,000 or however much the property was. I think that's another thing that people look at a price tag and they're like, Oh, well, no, never. You know? And it's the same thing with houses. I can't tell you how many times I was told you have to have 20% down. Don't even think about it. You have to have it. And Truth is you don't. One. And two, if you're a first time home buyer, take advantage of the things that are there to help you. And so yeah. for you guys, you took advantage of something to, to help you get this that, yeah, for now you guys are working to pay it back through the rent money or you'll have this thing for years. And then finally, the last thing I wanted to point out, as you said, you wanted to have some kind of passive investment. And that is such a great way to look at our investments because unless you're a financial advisor, you don't really want to sit around and do this all day with your life. We have jobs. We want to do fun things. We want to go surfing, take trips. And if you can find some way to passively make your money move, such such a great route to go. So I loved all yep. those highlights from your story. So thanks for sharing all those details. Appreciate it.
1: I mean, I think what you said about the 401k, I heard this quote like a long time ago and someone was like, I'm putting like 25% into my 401k or something. And, and this guy just looked at him and was like, what if you don't ever make it to 65? Like what if you die? Yes,
0: seriously. And it was like,
1: that just like blew my mind. Yes. There's a balance to everything. So you just have to find it. I
0: love it. And it's doing what you can with what you have where you're at. You know, it's it's your age. It's where you're located. And what can I do now? I have this great partner in another state that's far cheaper to buy something. And you're making it work instead of sitting around wondering, oh, geez, Cindy and I are going to be stuck in this apartment forever. Like, and you may be there for many years. It's an amazing apartment. lucky for you guys, but in the meantime, you're able to have a future in something and maybe you know use that money that you hopefully will make to move forward in l a so I love the creativity yeah. that's awesome
1: I and mean, not to mention i'm gonna be pretty good at buying a house for me and Cindy eventually here anyways, so like it's been a it's i mean it's a good learning experience right like We expect to make money on this, but like end of the day, we'll see what happens. Worst case scenario, we're going to break even and have like an asset that's just paying itself off over time. So yeah,
0: and plus then we
1: learned how to buy a house.
0: For sure. Absolutely. That's awesome. Such a great learning experience. And like you said, at the end of the day, you hope for profit, but if not, let's break even, hang on to this thing. And like you said, Northwest Indiana is really hot right now.
1: We looked in, I looked the other day, I was talking to an agent and I looked in Hobart, which is where this property is. And there was five properties total for sale in the entire city of Hobart. And it's going to take so long for the supply to like reach up to the demand that like, that's why our strategy for this honestly has shifted a little because we were originally going to kind of do like a long-term play here. And with the way the market looks like this, we very well, if this refinance goes well, we could end up flipping this like within a year and then just taking that profit and putting it into the next one and just repeating yeah. and like that's the other thing too that i've started to learn is it's not as like i don't know people think like real estate investment is like super glamorous like oh i'm like what's that show selling sunset oh i'm going to be like doing this or i'm going to have an airbnb in denver that i can just like go to anytime i want and it's it's not like that like This is a two bedroom house that I'm never gonna go to, I'm never gonna live in. And I need to get like another 10 of these to like really start seeing a return, which is totally possible, but like that's a grind compared to what people think
0: it is. Yeah, and you gotta start somewhere. So the show is called Facing Fear. So can you tell me throughout this process, um, in this investment, in this creative financial endeavor, where you face fear and kind of how you overcame that.
1: For me, this is the first time that I really started like throwing some bigger money around, like relative to um, so like I'm at a spot where I'm a little bit more comfortable now and I can start making like big moves. Um, but of course those big moves are like, okay, like I'm writing a check and like like this is gonna take a huge hit on the savings account. Like this is I've been saving for for a while and I've been, you know, doing well, but there's definitely an element now where I'm starting to get a little nervous because I'm definitely feeling a little more like shackled to my job these days, like I'm feeling like I can't leave corporate America or I can't leave that safety net because I've just put myself into a little bit more of a trickier spot which is fine. But I have to like sometimes remember like it took me four years to get here to build that base up and then I drained it. And now I'm like, all right, I got to work to get it back. So that's been making me feel like a little bit of anxiety recently that I didn't expect actually. But other than that, the actual process of getting this thing it wasn't actually like super scary here. I'm not living in it, right? So that helps like compared to your situation. I don't have to Like, we'll just call the plumber and it's fine. It just takes a little bit out of the profit. I don't know if that answers the question. I think it's just been like a little, it's been different um, doing it this way.
0: I so feel you on the first one because when your personal life starts to get bigger or riskier or more expensive or more people become involved, whether that's a spouse or a dog or a child, you do start to feel like oh, shit, I guess I shouldn't rock that boat, huh? Like, I guess I should just appreciate what I have, which I think you and I have that in common. We're definitely achievers and always trying to do something different, like you said, way at the beginning, having some side hustle always. And to just be like, oh, I I guess I just go to work every day, huh? And then I come home and then it's over. Like, that's so weird for us, but so normal for so many other people. So I totally understand that as well but hopefully like you said with what you're doing you've built this foundation to be successful in your career in four years it's a long time now let's you're building a second foundation and the cement will take a long time to settle and then the walls will go up you know all figuratively of course because neither of us are actually building a home but yeah we have to give ourselves a little bit of grace and be like okay like let's keep this steady and let me just yep. like move pieces over here. So I definitely feel yeah, that the, for the sure.
1: safety net that a corporate job can provide is like so unmatched. Um, and it's like you start to think, I don't know, it, you think about just the salary and then you are like, oh, maybe I'll just leave. It's fine. I don't need the salary. And oh, but the benefits, the 401k, the company car, like all of this stuff pile up. So my theory has always been I'll just take all my side hustles and, and I'll just try to passively build my income to, to a spot where I feel comfortable. And the minute I feel comfortable that I can do this without the safety net, then I'll leave. I need to be like financially stable as well.
0: Yep, absolutely. And that's kind of how a lot of people do it. You know, Some people are real risky and they just jump out of the safety net before having that plan B, but I yeah would love to do the same. It's
1: I I would consider myself like a pretty risky person. And I and I like wouldn't just like,
0: yeah, I agree my
1: company, although sometimes I have like these weird moments where I'm like, maybe I would perform better or maybe I would get more things done if my back was against the wall and if I didn't have a safety net. So that's also something on the counter side of it that I've been thinking about.
0: Oh, I I feel that one, too.
1: Yeah, it's tough. But I think you I think you just got to like listen to your gut. My gut right now is telling me, hey, I got it good. I'm working from home. Like, I'm making good money, this and that. Like, just don't rock the boat until you need to rock the boat, really.
0: Yep, exactly. Okay, so final few questions here. We talked through your story, and I pulled out some of the great pieces of it. But I want you to pull out any advice you'd like to share with other individuals um, your age or whatever age, but who are maybe in a situation where they feel like, oh, I'm in this stereotypical part of the country where I'll never own anything, Like, what can I do? How would you advise them to get started, I guess?
1: People just assume that if they don't have the money, that they can't buy something. That's completely false. There's money out there. Honestly, not that hard to find capital. I have multiple friends that I went to school with that are like involved in venture capital firms. Think about all of the local business owners in your area, people that you know that are successful, We found our money by straight up just going to a private lender and we said, Hey, will you give us um, this lump of money? And then at the end of the year, we'll give you we'll give you all of it back and eight percent. Straight up said, we'll give you eight percent at the end of the year. And that was like pretty low rate. A lot of people are doing more like 12, 14. So I mean, you have someone that has that money sitting in their account and you can guarantee and just write a contract and you can guarantee that you're gonna give them 10% plus the original back by the end of the year, that's usually a no brainer for people. And that can start your process off like so fast because as I'm sure you know, dealing with banks is so tough, can really slow down your process. So the first thing is like the capital is out there, you just have to go find it. And then the second piece of advice was that you make your money when you buy, not when you sell. So you need to find a good deal. You know, We ended up working this through a connection. You're probably not going to just go on the real estate website and find a good deal. You need to network or meet someone or find something on the side of the road. Those are the ones where you're going to make some money. And then the last one, I got this piece of advice from someone that said, you don't have to make the decision about real estate. You can let the market make the decision about real estate. So for instance, we have this house right now, we're probably going to want to sell it and we can list it for whatever we want. And if nobody bites on it, then nobody bites on it. And, and then we just hold it. The market will tell you when is the right time to sell, when is the right time to buy. You just have to be aware of, of where you're at and, and listen to it.
0: Thank you for sharing those and passing them on to somebody who could probably use those tips for sure.
1: There's so many podcasts out there. There's so many websites. I read too, like in terms of diversifying, like everybody should be a little bit in the stock market. Everybody should be potentially trying to start a company and investing in real estate. The three things that people say you should diversify into.
0: Damn. Okay. Okay. Noted. Is there anything that I did not ask you throughout uh, this little interview that you would like to share?
1: The first property we sell, we're going to make some merch. So I'll send you merch if you send me merch for your podcast.
0: Yes. Wait, what is it? 219.
1: Honestly, it's either 219 real estate or it's region real estate. I don't even actually know the official name of the LLC.
0: Okay. I like, I like either of those. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. We will exchange merch. I'd be happy to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this and for sharing. And I'm so excited for you. And, you know, just remembering at the end of the day, just do what you can with what you have, where you're at. And that doesn't always mean physically where you're at. So yep. I'm excited for you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Facing Fear podcast. I'd love to know what you think, so please leave a review on Apple's podcast app, or you can go to the Facing Fear with Sarah Facebook and leave a review there as well. If you or someone you know has a story of overcoming fear to pursue their own definition of success, please submit yourself or that person as a guest. You can do that at facingfearwithsarah.com. Until next time, I'll see you in the social media world. You can find the show everywhere at Facing Fear with Sarah, or communicate directly by emailing hello at facingfearwithsarah.com. You made it to the end of the episode, so I'm going to give you a little surprise. I was recently published in the Wildfire magazine. It is the first and only publication for and by those who are too young to be affected by breast cancer. And you can go get this issue at a discount. So visit wildfirecommunity.org and use code wildfire15, or even better, use the link in my social media, in the show notes today. And if you use that particular link and the code, you can not only save yourself money, but you can also earn me a little bit of money as I get a kickback from every purchase used under Sarah's link. So go check it out in the show notes. The issue is themed the new normal. And this is relatable for anybody who's been through some kind of storm in life and is trying to figure out who they are and who and what and how and why life goes on afterwards. So check it out, go visit wildfirecommunity.org, use code wildfire15 to save on your version of a print or digital copy of the latest issue called The New Normal. Thank you so, so much for your support.